We are coming back on. One more, uh, well, about 57 minutes for the second half. Isn't it great? Second half could be better than the first. Isn't that what God said about Job's life? His second half of Job's life better than the first. I want to make sure you're hearing me tonight. We are on a different call-in format right now so that um, I hope that you can hear. And uh, that's going to be very important. We're um, going to go into uh, questions and answers as I go into this tonight. Very important. Um want you to know that uh, we're going to talk about specific ways in which the demonic realm is going to engage you. We're going to talk about possession, attack, oppression, attachment, people's places, things, doorways, assignments, those kind of things tonight that I think are vital for us to know. And again, uh, because of the ramping up, so much, so much goes on all around us. It's really true. But don't, don't forget. God is at work all around you. His angels are here, just like in the book of Acts. The Lord Jesus himself, Mark sixteen twenty. the Lord worked with us, and he confirmed his word by the signs that follow. So let me ask you tonight if you still hear everything okay, because we're on a different phone format, so I hope that's going to be okay for you, and if you're hearing that tonight. Um, I hope that um, you realize that, and I say, I think I said this in the first week, that along the way, this Monday night training, and maybe even especially on Tuesday night, the three-hour training, well, there may be some battle, battle to even get the communication out. And this is what's going to be troublesome because um, the truth is, uh, you know, there's times believers give up quicker than others. So knowing the power of Christ's perse- perseverance is vital for us. And the more you do, little by little, the more you do um, grow, I, I will only encourage you again that you're going to find victory. And that you're going to go through battles in which you seek the Lord. He brings victory. And literally, you're going to be dancing in victory. I mean, you're going to be filled with joy about victory in Christ. And that's, that's the incredible thing. So that's important for you tonight as we talk about that, the victory issue. Now, we're only dealing with the one page that we have. I want to mention quickly next week, spiritual warfare on three fronts. We're going to go over the details of battle with the world fallen system, battle with the old sin nature issues within, and then battle with the enemy too. But I wanted to deal with, uh, I'm going to recap the last hour, points one through five. Concerning victory in Christ, point number one, there's no question it can be a battle. We've been birthed into it. We've been launched into it. Uh, Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail or withstand it. We're the aggressors, though. We have the authority. We have the armor. We have him. He's already won for us. Number two, believers can be defeated and beaten at times, but we also have a restorer, someone who could pick us back up. Like Peter, he became stronger. And more able later on down the road. Look what Peter did in Acts chapter 5. When Satan tried to get into the church through Ananias and Sapphira. He entered their lives and their lie and their conspiracy. And uh, and was trying to get in. And obviously Peter now with no backing away. He didn't back away. He didn't flinch. In the power of the Spirit of God with discernment. Maybe a word of knowledge came. 
you know, how have you let Satan so fill your hearts? You know, and boom, Ananias drops, you know, and Sapphire drops. And uh, Satan is defeated at the door. He's defeated at the door. So that's an incredible picture of Peter at one time running and hiding and scattered and, and filled with anxiety under battle. And then later, under great power of Christ, in, in the demonstration is he's getting stronger and stronger. Well, Acts 5, no question about it. You look at Acts 5 and tell me who has the victory. Acts chapter 5, in Christ, by God's grace, through being returning and being restored and becoming even stronger, um, no question about it, Peter is uh, clearly been given the victory, the victor in the midst of it, and continues. So let me say this personally. Whoever has backslidden, whoever has been defeated, whoever has been left out, if you've given up your position, if you've quit evangelizing, if you quit doing the prayer stuff, um, if you set it all aside for whatever the reasons, the world, the flesh, and the devil, um, the fact is Christ has greater things, greater victories, greater you know enablement for your life. You can, when you stand up, be honest with God concerning any of your personal failures and, and also acknowledge, Lord, I, I lost some battles with the enemy. I want to learn more. I don't want to be defeated like this again. I don't want to succumb to this again. Then you stand up and uh, you, you unleash again. I'm going to go over probably on that page, A, B, C, all the way down. I'm going to add even to that probably. It goes all the way to H, I. I want to J, K. I'm going to add some things on here when it comes down to warfare in these ways. Okay? Under A, demonic. And please understand, most of the time it's not Satan direct. He's only in one place at one time around the world. But you've got to understand the idea of they're collective. They're connected. Uh, Ephesians 6 our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against. Then it names a plurality of demonic entities in the and in, in names them in the Greek cosmocrator, exousia, archon, the poneispun. It names the kinds of demons there are, the kinds of fallen ones there are that fight against us. And even though it names that, we still got to realize Jesus. I give you authority to trample on them, to overcome all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. You live in that authority. You live in obedience. You're going to find out um, in him, then you're not harmed like that. I believe they come at times to kill us, to destroy us, to, to rip us to shreds. But I also know that what we have and what we're covered in, his grace, authority, and blood, um, we're um, unbelievably uh, protected. And... and um, a lot of our battles, failures in battles, are due to, one, inexperience, two, um, personal, you know, where we did give in, okay? So uh, there's no question. The enemy likes to defeat you so you, you don't, and, and rob you of the joy. Remember, do you remember the uh, Galatians? You know, who's taking all that joy? You used to have joy. The Judaizers came down. And instead of trusting Christ, they wanted to have additions to Christ alone by faith in him. So false doctrine given, false doctrine is always from the enemy. I'm not talking about opinions. I'm talking about real false doctrine. That if you start relying on it or looking to it, you're going to lose the sense of his personal presence, the joy and the power and the victory. The joy and the power and the presence of Jesus is found in his truth. And that's why you've got to stick to truth. 
that, that righteousness, that uh, readiness, that uh, helmet of salvation, and all the rest. Here are some of the ways. Number one, are under A on that page, just the word demonic. Demonic forces. Demonic forces. They come in various ways. They come in various ways and at various times. And, and so there's been times I sat back and um, and 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 really kind of uh, through the scriptures, close my eyes and think about how they work. They must talk to each other. They must plot and they must plan and they must look at believers to see where the hole is, what they can do and how they can come. I think that's true. They look for people that are in the flesh or lost, or they look for people they can use to get at you. They look for events to use to get at you. They look for ways to directly send arrows. So the battle is against the demonic forces collectively. And I just marked down 1 Peter 5, 8. I mean, ultimately. When it says the devil is prowling around, but that's also the idea of the whole, or Ephesians 6, all of them. The enemy is at work. And um, that's that's what the enemy is doing. Now, under B, there is possession. The Greek word diamonozoid is used in the, in the New Testament. And the, the word diamonozoid means demonized. And if you look at, uh, and so we say possession, like Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. That's the biggest, clearest picture of possession. Or, mark down, Acts, Acts, chapter 16. Acts, chapter 16. Just to mention to some, I know that it's been through the blog talk issues here. If blog talk doesn't get this thing fixed or down better, and you know that kind of you know technical interruptions or whatever, um, you know we will look for something that'll be you know whatever's going to work good. Um, but we'll also rebuke the enemy to say you know hey whatever the enemy's doing, um, <laughs> I'm looking under my 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 uh, stuff. Somebody has sent me 22 separate emails. I wanted to see if they had any questions coming through. Unbelievable. Well, under the warfare that comes in, you have the demonic grouping as a whole, like in Ephesians 6, they. And that's who our battle's against. And that's who's coming after us. And that's who's sending the arrows. And that's who's causing issues. Now, under B, possession is when demonic entities have total possession of a lost person body, soul, and spirit, like Mark 5, like Acts 16. People always ask me, can a Christian be possessed the same way a non-Christian? No. Can a Christian be oppressed and attachment, the idea of attachment, or or really have heavy stuff? Yes. Um, but not owned in the sense of body, soul, and spirit. The Spirit of God lives in your spirit. Christ owns you. But there may be things to be taken care of. That's fine. We'll deal with that. You know, there's no question. So possession is one issue that primarily body, soul, and spirit in the unbeliever. And uh, they have you know, not just one, but many demonic you know, beings in them, Mark chapter 5. Or in Acts 16, it could be a spirit. Now, all we see in Acts 16, when Paul turns around and commands the demon, he spoke to the spirit. 
And he commanded the demon to get out. Um, get out of her. It left her right then and there. And she no longer had the ability to predict the future, to do those those abilities. And that, that caused trouble, right? Um, you lead real underground Satanists to Christ and cast demons out. You lead satanic ritually abused and get demons out and help... You, there's times you get you know you get folks that are mad at you that are part of their group that have been using them. Under C, the word attack. Now that's used. Uh, I mean, and that's really f- the focus of Ephesians six, to put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, when that specific organized attack, like in Job's life. Layered attack. He hit once, he hit again, he hit other things, he went further, 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 further. Okay? Sometimes when attack comes, it's one thing, the next thing, the next thing. It's uh, orchestrated things that are happening. When everything that's happening seems to be at the worst time, the worst way, uncanny, and all of it's trying to you know stop you and defeat you, but it's not just one thing. I think that the the day of evil, the idea of the Job situation, is when the enemy comes in and um, there is a, um, a consistent number of things. I mean, it could be all of a sudden you're feeling oppression, you're waking up in the middle of the night, thoughts are coming in that fear, you know, trying to bring you fear, uh, something breaks down, a relationship goes, you know, something goes crazy in the house, you don't even know why. Um, your boss calls and something calls come, you know, you know, again, just event and thing and person and the feeling, the day of evil. Okay. The reason for the armor of God is so that you can have the manifest power, strength, and might when you have it on. I mean, you could be assured that all Christians should know that they're going to get attacked and all Christians under D point D on this page are going to have oppression. That's just a fact. All Christians will have attack at times, and all Christians will have oppression. What is oppression? Well, that's that's really the best example is um, Peter and the disciples. When Jesus said, hey, Satan is asked to sift you, to bring a beating to you, um, which brought them confusion, agitation, scattering, fear, running and hiding. That's oppression. People explain it this way. I feel darkness over me. I feel a cloud over me. I feel like my prayers don't get past the ceiling. Um, when oppression is there, the enemy is bringing, and again, Ephesians 6, the arrows of the enemy is being sent against you. They are the involuntary, you didn't, you didn't originate them, the enemy does. The involuntary thoughts and feelings that run contrary to the word of God to the will of God, to the character of Christ. So all of a sudden you got to, like, where these thoughts of fear, thoughts of doubt, thoughts of barrage of it, where did it come from? The arrows, think about it. If all of a sudden you got shot with an arrow in, in, in your hind end, okay, it couldn't be there unless somebody pulled back the string, aimed at you, and let it fly, Right? 
arrows, these poisonous darts of the enemy that involve bringing doubts and lies and anything that is contrary to the word of God, the will of God, the character of God, sends them to you, to lodge them into you. That's why we ask again, Lord, show us if we have any of those lying, those poisonous darts and arrows from the enemy. Anything the enemy has sent that um, was a lie that went contrary to the will of God, the character of God, and the word of God, to the ministry he's given you, that kind of stopped you, that kind of threw you into doubt, that kind of weakened you. I mean, in ministry, I've found along the way, there's times when... The enemy will throw fears and and just make you doubt that any success will come from what you try to do. Uh, the enemy will throw things like um, you can't witness, you don't know. What if they reject you? What if what you know? All the things to create fear and doubt, it doesn't come from God, does it? You with me tonight? When when arrows from the enemy are sent, it, it's always a twisting. Um, a cause for to try to get you to doubt, try to get you to even do things that um, you don't want to do. You know, you don't want to do. I mean, you know, uh, that's part of what it is. And so if you can identify the arrows, if you can sit down tonight and on that workbook right now where it says notes on the right side, Lord Jesus, right now, show me if there's any arrows coming at me. Lord, give me awareness if there's any attack going on around me. When attack comes, you got to stand up and fight back and hold your ground and be, you know, resist the devil and he'll flee from you until he goes away. So when it comes to attack, you got to unleash back and stand until it all goes away. And it will go away. He'll, he will flee. The Spirit of God tells you that. You submit to God. You resist the devil. He will flee. That will happen. And uh, that's important. When it comes to oppression, same thing. You have to renounce the lies and you st- step up and believe the word of God, stand your ground. Now, somebody's already put in the, the chat room, and I appreciate that, is sleep paralysis. Now, that's the psychological term. I, I say this, are those demonic visitations part of these arrows? Yes, but they may be even more. They may include rituals of demons summoned and sent, a spell, or people doing astral projection, demon, demonically empowered, coming to you. So the so-called sleep paralysis, which is really a visitation of demonic presence, or possibly even, and it doesn't matter if you have to really know, the, the, what matters is what you, know, you, know, what you need to know, what, what do you need to do. Because see, a lot of people that go through this, they say, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You might not be doing anything. It might be the neighbors. It might be the people under the apartment below you. It might be a, somebody at work that has done a spell against you because they don't like you. Because they don't like you being a believer because they got demons inside of them. Because they were led by the demonic realm to open a door. You didn't open it. They did. But if you're aware to rebuke and rebuke anybody else in the name of Jesus, I command any demon coming against me to be you know, rendered powerless and, and destroyed by the Lord's work. First uh, John 3, 8. And Lord, go visit the person doing, if someone is sending demons against me or spells or hexes or curses, if somebody is trying to demonically empowered astro project and come and visit, um, Lord, engage them, deal with them, visit them. He will. 
He will. He's fighting for you. You know, in my heart, I have the sense of fighting for you, for other believers, to fight on behalf of our brethren and sistren. Okay? But there's nobody that fights for you better than Jesus. Nobody that's there to pick you up. If you have a visitation in the night where all of a sudden you feel paralyzed, all of a sudden you feel something pushing you, all of, all of your strength, rebuke that. Call on Jesus. Stand your ground. I mean, do it. Get up and, and do it until the whole room, all the darkness clears and nothing's left but the power, the presence, the joy of Jesus. You do it till the whole thing's cleared. Let the enemy know that if they're going to attempt, they're going to be hit hard. As I've said, if the enemy hits you in the name of Jesus and all that he's given you, hit back harder. Okay? Clear the air. You'll, that way, many times, the, the battle of attack and or even the battle of oppression doesn't last as long. When you respond. If you do nothing... If you let them come in and hit you and beat you and kick you and press on you and whisper sweet lies, well, not sweet lies, but you know, deadly lies from the enemy. If you let them do it and 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 you don't do it, you just lay there passive, it only gets worse. Aren't you sick and tired of being beat up? Aren't you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Jesus is the King of Heaven, a Savior that has blasted apart the finality of death at the cross and blasted apart the enemy, Colossians 2.15. Triumphed over them by the cross, making a public spectacle of them. So, when we talk about warfare, and the question in the chat room classroom is this, what about the children in the house? True. If you have children that are into anything demonic, games, drugs, you know, demon, you know, drugs that open them up, things that they're into, if they've got any attachments, anything on them, if they're doing it, you know, we had one family, one they didn't, the, the, the daughter was doing actual rituals in her closet. Is that going to bring demons in the house? Yes. You know, I don't know if you, I, I used to live in the inner city area. If um, at nighttime, if I opened the back door, the side door, and the front door and went to bed, I, I would never do that. But if I did, here's a lot. Of, here's some things that can happen. Rats <laughs> would come in, stray dogs, maybe a bum or two. If you leave your doors open, so what I'm saying is, you may have done you you may have done nothing. Maybe you're married and a spouse is unsaved, and they're into things, and because of them, things come in. You know what? That means you just got to, you know, pray against that and ask God to convict them and and know that God will. You know, stand your ground, be a believer, respond, ask God to make you stronger in all of it. If your children are bringing stuff in, listen, you you on a daily basis, Lord, stretch out your hands to convict them, to engage them. Lord, teach them a lesson, show them. Lord, I rebuke any demons my child would try to bring in here. I command anything to come. See, you have authority over your you, over that. Take authority over those areas, and you have the right to do that. And uh, just keep clearing the air. And if you're, and sometimes in warfare, um, you're saying, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and nothing's happening yet. Well, that's right. Nothing's happening yet. Keep seeking the Lord. Psalm 34, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. So he's able to show you. 
sometimes I say, where's it coming from? Where's it coming from? So let me go to the next one, and I'll answer some more questions here in a moment. Under E, under E on that page, under Warfare Comes in These Ways, E, Attachment. Now, you don't have to call it this. We just simply call it this because of Ephesians chapter 4. Be angry, but don't sin, and don't let the sun go down on your anger. And give the devil a foothold. So God is telling us, don't give the devil a foothold. Here's the premise of those verses in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 on down. The premise is this. If you get into the flesh and stay there long enough, the old sin nature stuff, if you go back and you stay long enough consistently in, in lust, consistently in anger, consistently in any of those things, guess what? The enemy then wants to come and grab a hold of that area. That's the big issue with believers. Grabbing hold of an area that you, with your responsibility or neglect, you gave. That's the issue, okay? That's what's important. So, we, you know, so God is simply saying right there, don't give the devil, the Greek word is topon, a legal right. Um, it's a doorway, but also the legal right. You did that. So we can ask the Lord tonight, Lord, have I given the devil any legal rights? If you remember, Jesus said earlier in the Gospel of John, you know, the prince of this world now stands judged. You know, and he says he has nothing in me, no doorways, nothing, no rights, no, nothing legal, nothing. That's how, that's how victorious your Savior, who lives in you, who's with you, who out of the heavens is your intercessor still, Victory bursts forth from Christ. Enormous, not just barely, I mean enormous, overwhelming, flooding victory flows from Christ. But if you've opened the door, that's your fault. That's your fault. In order to get the demonic stronghold from holding on to anything, you've got to not just rebuke the demon and say, get away. You've got to repent and renounce what you've been doing. If you've gotten back into the Ouija board, if you got went off to a psychic, I know some Christian that went off to a psychic and got a reading. I'm like, are you nuts? Why would you want to go to a psychic and get a lying, deceiving reading, grieve the Holy Spirit, and not take the pleasure in getting insight and wisdom from God who knows everything? I'd far rather have the Holy Spirit tell me something than, than anybody coming up to try to tell me something from the enemy. It's all going to be a lie. I don't want it. I want to rebuke that. So attachment, that's when the enemy grabs a hold of an area of sin that you have not repented of, you're giving into, you're opening up to. Okay, next, how about people and places? And it's already been brought up in the, in the chat room. What if you have children or a spouse or someone living with you that's into stuff? With, you know, Whatever they're into, but they've got demons... And they walk right in. That's like local churches. Some people think that a demon can't come through the front doors. If you have a demonized person or a demon on attaching a person or someone that has demonic presence on them, being on them, and they walk in, he's there. Depending on the church, they might, <laughs> that demon might be the, you know, sorry that he ever did that. But, um, and I, I, we've always, like, if someone's demonized, I'd rather than walk into the church so that we can deal with it and, 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 and handle that. 
So it could be people, people at work, people in the apartment complex, people in the neighborhood, grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles that are masons and into demonic stuff or whatever else. Okay. The good news is you are in Christ. Greater is he who's in you. You've got the vast advantage. So with authority, whenever you have gatherings, whatever else, rebuke everything of the enemy. Pray ahead of time. Preempt it all. And then as you're there, unleash God's blessing. Unleash God's you know message. You stand strong. And uh, in the mighty, expressed, manifesting strength of the Lord. That's Ephesians 6.10. The places you go. What if you go into somebody's house where they did a ritual, small or large? What if they got crystals, they went to some new age thing, and they got charged, which means demonic presence comes on, and the energy emanating from those crystals is nothing more than demonic presence emanating from it. The energy's got to be coming from somewhere. So um, that's part of the issue places. Now, when we go investigating a lot of places over the years are going to victims, a lot of ritual places, man, I'm just saying I can, you can walk, you can feel the darkness. You can, the enemy's there in places that we've been, man, I've just outward rebuked, get back in the name of the Lord. And then I'll pray, Lord, be here. Bring, you know, if you know, bring your warfare here, bring the, you know, destruction, put out the praise and so forth. And that's um, and so in this place, people in pray, uh, places. And again, I th- appreciate that, Amy. In the um, chat room, that brought up the issue of generational or ancestral, right? And that's what I'm referring to. Say your grandmother was a witch, your grandfather was a thirty-three, you know, Mason, or somebody else was a Satan. Somebody, you know, you know what you can do, bloodline-wise, because whether you like it or not, that's how demons play. Um, they unleash. Um, they unleash um, their presence in the person like the grandmother, grandfather, whatever else. But they also then, um, and that's how they look at it. They think that if they've got in that far, they have rights to the family line. And the truth is, and, and, and sadists can confess this, and old Wiccans, old ones, can others can confess this, especially New Agers who have demon energies and so forth, demon, you know, the energies that come from demons. They want to unleash the blessings or unleash the powers or unleash the abilities on the next generation. All they're doing is helping to open doors. So, right, what do I do? There's nothing wrong with any of us right now as you're listening to say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to stand up. If my grandparents, if my parents, if anybody, especially if you know they have, open doorways, I want to renounce that in our family lines, generational lines, ancestral lines, all the way back as you lead me. I want to renounce that, and I want to command that all of the rights they want to claim, I renounce their rights, and I command everything to be broken in the name of Jesus. Okay? That's that's what you can do to help clear the air, and I think it's good for all of us to clear the air in our own lives. Um, when I got saved, I came out of uh, occultism. I came out of uh, Buddhism. I came out of astral projection. I came out of every kind of dabbling. I came out of the world of drugs that open you up to the demonic realm. And 
when I got saved, it was massive repentance, wide open to Christ, being completely filled with the Spirit of God and uh, launching out. But I had some battle back and forth. And what I learned to do was, even if I didn't feel anything when I began to learn things, it was like, Lord, I renounce ever getting into drugs. Anything I've ever done to open doors, I renounce. Lord, I renounce any of the stuff that I got into in Buddhism that uh, seemed on the outward to be peaceful, but sure enough, they had spirits involved and and curses and and hexes and and astrobage. I, I just I just simply went through to renounce everything that I could think of, and I say, Lord, remind me. If you ask the Lord right now, Lord, is there anything that I need to be reminded of? from my family line, from anything I've done, anything my parents have done. I've had parents that were Wiccan or in occultism that dedicated their child to that system. Well, renounce that. You know, in the name of Jesus, I've been set free, and I renounce any oaths, uh, dedications, commitments, hand-me-downs. You know, cover the whole field. Just cover it and uh, and and and. The, the Holy Spirit truly will give you peace if you've covered everything. He'll remind you of what you do need to know, too. And that's important. Under G, things or objects, things. And um, um, somebody asks in here, question, do you believe in using? And I appreciate that. If you're gonna put, By the way, you can put up questions now, but uh, put up Q so I'll know it's a question. Do you believe in using incense for your prayer time or your prayer space or whatever else? You feel like it relaxes you, whatever else. Um, I don't have any problem with basic incenses and stuff like that. Um, I don't purposely buy any of it that, that's being sold at flea markets and stuff that's new age and oriented or, or Wiccan shop oriented. But there's nothing wrong with a smelling. I mean, I got candles here that have different smells. I like almond candle. I don't know why. I just like the smell of an almond candle. Um you know, like I, you could smell fruit or you could smell, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, as long as you know that it's not in any way an incense made from the dark side because they may, well, they may have additives and you don't want stuff. Uh, the, the question goes on, though, what about sage for clearing? No, that is a New Age and or Wiccan practice. Um, God does not use, no, there's no authority of Jesus in sage. So please understand that does not. You look at the entire New Testament, salt, sage, uh, frank. I mean, I've got anointing oil it's supposed to smell like frankincense and so myrrh and so forth. It smells good. I don't know if that's the original. It smells good, um, but please understand, no, sage cleaning. That's all New Age stuff to where they're using that in 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 kind of a uh, sacred cleansing and it has nothing. No, you have authority in Jesus. That's what strikes and clears the air and then your praise where God inhabits praise. Jesus doesn't use, authorize, or um, come through um, sage. Uh, you know, those kind of things. So that's important. Um, you can take a look at some of the things. All I'm saying, whether you look at oils or incenses or smelling candles or... Um, I mean, we, we used to go out in one place where we lived and flowers brought in, just brought a beautiful smell. Nothing wrong with any of that. You know, the prayers go up as an incense, you know, to God. Uh, we read about even in, in the book of Revelation. But just make sure that it's um, candles or any of that stuff that is not 
um, uh, given from New Agers and, and those that kind of stop. Okay, that's important th- that we do that. Let me continue. Um, things, objects. If you have somebody that has demonized an object, can a demon be put on an object? Sure. All the Satanists know that. All the Wiccans know that. I mean, even New Agers, when they say they've charged an object or they've charged a certain stone or they have an amulet or something they're wearing around and they charged it, what does that mean? Ultimately, it means that they have connected it to a demonic. See, the energy, that energy is emanating from an entity. And so to embrace the energy is to embrace the, the entity. I mean, I feel the presence of God. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I feel the, you know, the power of God, the dunamis of God as a believer. When I was in the Buddhist temple, when I was in that side, I felt powers. I felt things that charged me or gave me an experience or made me feel energies. I've been in ritual, whereas rituals that I felt the energy, that presence of the enemy. But as a believer, I rebuke that. And I don't want anything but the mighty presence, power, joy, life, fire uh, of the Holy Spirit, of God's presence. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. Uh, that's the concept we have as believers. And, and though when I was lost, I probably didn't understand that. When people are lost, they don't understand that. But New Agers and Wiccans and Druids and Pagans and Santeria and all the rest, they know that all of it's real, but they're not, they don't totally know. Some of them fear that it's all demonic. So um, you can just make sure that you are uh, keeping yourself clear and pray over objects. I mean, if there's, Lord, is there any jewelry that has been in any sense demonized? Used is there anything you know? I, I have no problem with that. Any any music, any music, um, you know, with rock bands now. By the way, Black Sabbath is coming out with a brand new album this next month. Ozzy and Lomi and uh, Loni and and uh, Tony and Lomi and all the rest of those guys are together. It's going to be weird. It's titled "God Is Dead?" Question mark. As if now they're going to question. Uh, whether they've been wrong all these years. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to do a lyric analysis of their new stuff because I've been praying for Ozzy's salvation for 38 years, actually. Um, let's go to point H, doorways. And that's just that Greek word topon, a legal right. And here's how it happens. If you walk into an occult shop, I mean, if you walk into witness and share and you're going to be prayed up and you're going into the release, that's one thing. But if you walk in and just allow things um, and don't do anything, again, be passive, then you might get hit up. Uh, again, you may have done nothing wrong, but the Satanist across the street or the Wiccan behind your back or the person at where you work, they may have done a sm- even a small ritual. If they open the door to send something against you, you may experience some battle. But pray again, pray through it to say, Lord... I, you know, immediately you can clear the air again. You can crush their work and command and, and, and command that it's broken and, and brought down in the name of Jesus. Um, and then what I do is pray for the person that, that the God will go and convict them and or disrupt them. And or if they're really strong in demonic realm, uh, let 
that God will invade them in such a way that they'll know their demons are going to turn on them. You know, I pray that God engages them. And this is what I think the psalm writer did at times. This is what I think God did to the king of Babylon in chapter 1 when God sent the demon-worshipping king a dream that disturbed him. When he looked for help, he couldn't get any um, help from his you know, clan of uh, Wiccans, you know, all the, all the sorcerers and all the rest. God brought it through Daniel. Now, questions in the um, classroom chat room. Here it goes. Is it possible to clear an item that is charged? I think it is. Um, but I also say this. I don't, I don't, I mean, like, that's like a house. Can you go in and pray against you? Oh, well, yeah, then you got to live in the house. So, yes, I believe it's possible, but I can say over the years, I have not kept any of the satanic articles, the things, even if we prayed. Or, I remember one girl that was in the, what she considered black Wiccan, um, and uh, we wanted to reach out and pray in the name of Jesus over her amulet, and she just screamed and held it and ran from us because she didn't want to lose its power. Another, an officer had one. I reached out and rebuked anything on it, actually touched it and rebuked anything, and this is the true story. Right in front of her eyes, the the gem changed colors and she said the demon went off of it so yeah i think you can but i personally recommend as in the days of josiah get rid of any real occult objects uh destroy them question can you send curses back to those who are sending them well i would say that um bless those who curse you um i will send a i will say in the name of the lord jesus you know, I'm asking, you know, buy, you know, break everything they've sent anyway. So as Christians, we don't send curses back, but we do do this. Because in Proverbs, there is a scripture that says, the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked. Here's what I do. I pray against the demonic realm, realm very strong and anything they've sent, anything they're using. Secondly, I will pray target them in prayer. God invade them. God engage them. Lord, whether it's with a dream, whatever it takes, show them their demons, how radically evil engage them. I've done that with remote viewers and astral projectors and Satanists summoning demons and so forth. Um, and that's, um, that's what, you know, we have authority to order them. Um, and that's that's what we need to do. Another question's in here in the queue right now, um, or in the chat room. My ten-year-old daughter has uh, started having an imaginary friend. I know, um, or granddaughter. I know some kids do, but I'm afraid. Well, yeah, I would too. I would address even without her, even as you walk into rooms, address the demon, anything that you think is a spirit. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over you. I command and ask the Lord to go in there. Ask the Lord to do this. Ask the Lord to, to, to beautifully speak to your granddaughter, beautifully show her. Get Make sure you get her books You know that, that show her about Jesus and how God works and how angels come in and, and uh, that get her heart and mind going that way too. Ask God to reveal things. Very important. But take authority. Uh, question, what about idols, Russ? When is, when is it right to destroy them such as in a public place? Um, we've done public burnings. We had a thing called Burn the Devil. 400 people showed up. Big, massive bonfire on All Hallows' Eve. Massive praise band. Four people got saved. People, We had a guy come in, a friend of mine who's preaching. Wiccans and others that had turned to Christ brought on their own, and other people on their own brought things to publicly renounce them and throw them in the fire. That just that, that happened. Um, so I think that's important. I think any kind of objects, 
pray over against them and ask the Lord to deliver and then burn them. Here's what I did when I got saved and nobody told me. I just felt I had to. Nobody was even around. I took all of my eight tracks back in that day. I took Ouija boards, spell books, Buddhist books, all the stuff, everything I could collect in my room that was part of the old world, occult world, and what I was into. In bags, I took it all out to the. We had, and I lived in the country. We took it out. I took it out to the big thing, threw it all in, got gas, dumped gas, lit that baby on fire. That's why I think I had less harassment coming out of and coming into Christ that I did those things to really cut the bridges, you know, to, to burn the bridges per se. So I think um, I think uh, truly burning burning the stuff is good. In Josiah's day, he ground them down, he he crushed them, he threw, made put them in latrines because he didn't want anybody else to go back and get them. So. Um, Good word there, retired. Uh, burn, uh, rebuke, denounce, and then go off and be filled with joy and help others do the same is right. Let me mention on the um, notes under doorways, under the next thing, assignments under I. And that's where, again, I'm going to say that assignments, that's where um, you can get Satanists and others that will purposely summon demons to send against you and assign, assign things with a particular reason. And again, by the Holy Spirit, he who knows everything, the Lord to give you a heads up of anything going on, you respond back, rebuking it, commanding it to be broken down, destroyed, that'll have no effect. Ask the Lord to deliver you and then pray fiercely concerning that person that God will disrupt them. God will bring them down and stop them. Whatever it takes, Lord, stop them. And that's true. I mean, there's times that God, like like um, when we've prayed through these years, there's been times like like with Pharaoh, God stopped some really bad people who were devastating little girls and raping and demonizing and whatever else. God, whatever it takes, stop them. He did. Uh, and I believe God can take people out. Uh, the king in the book of Acts, one angel came with an with a sword and and, and struck the the king, and uh, he filled up with worms. Even Josephus, the writer, Jewish writer, says that uh, that king filled up with worms and died five days later. So it's important to realize that. So I want people to be like Saul of Tarshish. You want you want people to be saved. God, bring them down like Saul of Tarshish. I pray. God, engage them in such a way and save them. But if they're not gonna, if they're gonna hurt some little girl, they're gonna cut up a little child, they're gonna do something else. Whatever it takes, you pray fierce and remember that the wicked Queen of Scotland feared the prayers of John Knox more than an invading army. So pray fiercely against evil. Question uh, comes in: Have you ever confronted Ed Dames? No, I haven't. Uh, I have one of the other book authors, and I my confidentiality with him is committed. One of the other major book authors I have talked with and engaged and, and pray, and I pray for all of them by name: Buchanan, McMoneagle, Monroe. One of them's dead now. Uh, Smith, Ed Dames, Morehouse. All of them I still pray for that God will engage them, God will invade them, God will show them the, the realm they're in. So, if I ever had a chance to engage Ed Dames, I would love to. I'd love to see his salvation. Um. Remote viewing relies on the Akashic Records, the Hall of Records, the entities that come from there uh, in their passivity. Their passivity is no different than what I found in that dark side of Buddhism. Uh, 
they open the doors just like um, they're opening the doors to the same realm, realm that Edgar Casey did. Uh, have I ever engaged uh, Gerald O'Donnell? No, I, not yet. Not not that I know of anyway, but I do cover myself because I've engaged a few military remote viewers. We did deliverance on one, a Psy warrior from Fort Bragg, and uh, they said an energy was in them that helped lift them out to go to the ether. That and we commanded, and I told the story already. But the demon that we finally, I commanded to name what it was. They said its name was Argon, and I prayed in the name of Jesus that it be contained. And the person didn't want to give it up at first because they wanted the power to get out of their body. But when I commanded in the name of Jesus, show yourself to this person for what you really look like. This person was horrified and said, "Get it out of me." And I commanded, get out in the name of Jesus and don't come back. This person was delivered, and they couldn't do it any longer. But if they get um, handed down by the others who are experienced, and if they get into the passivity of remote viewing, like old you know, psychic stuff, like old astral projection, yeah, they're going to open up. And, and Ed Dames admits in his last, last book that I read of his, uh, Tell Me What You See, in the beginning and the end, he admits that the ability they get comes from the Hall of Records, the Akashic Records, that place out there. That's the second heaven. That's that realm that Ephesians 6 speaks about. The prince of the power there. That's the Eros areas coming from them. Uh, very important that uh, you know, even remote viewers and astral projectors coming out, renounce those doors, renounce everything, because the demons think, hey, this, you know, we had open doors. At the very least, they want to come back and say, hey, we want to we keep doing this. You put your foot down. No, I renounce you. I got Christ is in my life. And if all you know to do is pray, Jesus, deliver me, he will. Um, he will. Well, this is moving fast in here, so I'm trying to give uh, everything I can and answer these uh, quickly. We've got uh, six minutes, 30 seconds. I want to give uh, the last couple of things. Assignments, again, target the assignments when you're aware of them. Pray, you know, commanding that all the demonic stuff sent and assignments and curses and spells and all that came with it. And then pray that God engage the person. Save the person like Saul. You know, engage him in such a way um, if they become, if they're so evil and so radically evil, and we'll talk about this later on in more advanced areas. But you know, to hand them over to say, Lord, you know, whatever, whatever it takes to stop them from the harm, if they're extremely unrepentant, God will, God does. We can intervene that way. Um, I wanted to give you another one. H I J. Put down the word piggyback. Piggyback. What I mean by that is when somebody else, like you were mentioning earlier, one of you were mentioning about kids, or when demonic presence is on somebody else and observes you as a believer, the demonic presence may push them, the demonized, um, or try to speak through them and... Um, and try to dissuade you. You know, you might have somebody that really speaks harshly against, criticize, make fun, and the enemy can come through that. So if you feel, other than just somebody's, you know, bad, you know, slander, malice, or whatever, but the enemy is a slanderer, and he can come through other people's slander to try to harm you, to weaken you, to bring you down. Um, again, what I do is, like Peter was being piggybacked by the enemy. 
Peter was didn't really understand that Satan was trying to divert Jesus. Jesus turned around and said, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. He attacked the demonic presence trying to piggyback Peter and trying to get at him. So the demon might not be going after Peter, might not be going after your grandchild, may not be going after your spouse, may not be going after somebody else. But because the demon sees you as the enemy, and since it already has rights in or on somebody else, that demon may try to have them launch a verbal attack or whatever. Well, rebuke it. I've done that silently in a room when I felt something, just to say, Lord, I feel something off this person over here. In the name of Jesus, whatever is there, I command you to stop it. And I ask the Lord to come against you. And uh, if the Lord gives me, you know, if the Holy Spirit gives me more insight, I'll, 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 tar- I'll target that all the more. Okay? Question comes in our classroom here tonight. Um, sleep apnea. Um, you hear voices, you get pinched. Well, you know, if you get into that level of it, if you hear voices, you get pinched. You either got drug stuff, you either got some, you know, if you don't have a tumor in the middle of your head that might be causing something strange. The truth is, subpersonality issues in the area of multiplicity or demons. If it's demonic and you have authority and you speak and before you go to bed at night and you pray over yourself or have others pray over you, um, no, if they're outside voices, if it, you know, Lord, is this demonic? In the name of Jesus, you come against that until you clear the air and clear it all out, and especially if anything's touching you, pinching you, whatever. That's like sleep paralysis, visitation levels come strongly against it. And make sure, again, pray, Lord, do I have any doors open? Is anybody else doing this? Is there anybody sending this? You keep going until you have all the victory he wills to give you. Going on again a little bit more. Um, I'm trying to look through how fast this is going. I might have missed one or two um, through here. And again, when it comes to MPD, the idea of multiple personality issue, that's again where trauma-based, you know, that's healing is needed in that area. But in the SRA, you need deliverance, you need breaking of programming, and that's a bigger, broader issue. A 27-hour training, basic training, is on our website free called Freedom Encounters. If you go to the left side, scroll down where it says free courses, click on that. There's a course called Freedom Encounters that goes into that in a broader way than I can with, um, let me see here tonight, they've given me one minute, 56 seconds left. So with that one minute, 56 seconds left, here's what we've got to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Holy Spirit wisdom. Grant, God, for everyone that has been in the class tonight, in the chat room, outside the chat room, the hundreds that will listen later on, Lord, stretch out your hands. Give deliverance. Give um, victory. You've willed victory. You've won it big times. You've won it massively for us. And so, Lord Jesus, show your strong hand to restore. Father, to the, to the depths. Uh, Lord, if there's anyone that's extremely hopeless, we ask you to destroy the lies of the enemy. Lead them to choose trusting you. I just look at Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, may any demonic assignments, demonic attacks, piggybacking be made. Uh, Lord, expose it. Deliver individuals tonight 
And you pray out loud with me real quick here. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce anything demonic from my generations and families, places I've been, things that I've done. I renounce them, Lord. I repent of things that I've opened up to in the past, Lord. And I renounce anything demonic and anything of the enemy. And I acknowledge you. Lord, forgive me. Lord, wash me. I accept you to do that. I trust you to do that. And I trust you to deliver me completely. You pursue the Lord. You keep looking at Psalm 34. And he's going to unleash um, all of the victory that is intended for you. We're down to nine seconds. This is Russ Dizdar, ShatterTheDarkness.net. See you next week on Monday night. Check the archives out if you need to listen again. Blessings to you. We love you. We are coming back on. One more, uh, well, about 50... Seven minutes for the second half. Isn't it great? Second half could be better than the first. Isn't that what God said about Job's life? His second half of Job's life better than the first. I want to make sure you're hearing me tonight. We are on a different call-in format right now so that um, I hope that you can hear. And uh, that's going to be very important. We're um, going to go into uh, questions and answers as I go into this tonight. Very important. I um, want you to know that uh, we're going to talk about specific ways in which the demonic realm is going to engage you. We're going to talk about possession, attack, oppression, attachment, pe- people's places, things, doorways, assignments, those kind of things tonight that I think are vital for us to know. And again, uh, because of the ramping up, so much, so much goes on all around us. It's really true. But don't don't forget, God is at work all around you. His angels are here, just like in the Book of Acts. The Lord Jesus Himself, Mark sixteen twenty, the Lord worked with us, and He confirmed His word by the signs that followed. So let me ask you tonight if you still hear everything okay, because we're on a different phone format, so I hope that's going to be okay for you, and if you're hearing that tonight. Um, I hope that um, you realize that, and I I think I said this in the first week, that along the way, this Monday night training, and maybe even especially on Tuesday night, the three-hour training, well, there may be some battle, battle to even get the communication out. And this is what's going to be troublesome because um, the truth is, uh, you know, there's times believers give up quicker than others. So knowing the power of Christ's perseverance is vital for us. And the more you do, little by little, the more you do um, grow, I I will only encourage you again that you're going to find victory. And that you're going to go through battles in which you seek the Lord. He brings victory. And literally, you're going to be dancing in victory. I mean, you're going to be filled with joy about victory in Christ. And that's, that's the incredible thing. So that's important for you tonight as we talk about that, the victory issue. Now, we're only dealing with the one page that we have I want to mention quickly next week, spiritual warfare on three fronts. We're going to go over the details of battle with the world fallen system, battle with the old sin nature issues within, and then battle with the enemy too. But I wanted to deal with, uh, I'm going to recap the last hour, points one through five, concerning victory in Christ, point number one. 
There's no question it can be a battle. We've been birthed into it. We've been launched into it. Uh, Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail or withstand it. We're the aggressors, though. We have the authority. We have the armor. We have him. He's already won for us. Number two, believers can be defeated and beaten at times, but we also have a restorer, someone who could pick us back up. Like Peter, he became stronger and more able later on down the road. Look what Peter did in Acts chapter 5. When Satan tried to get into the church through Ananias and Sapphira, he entered their lives and their lie and their conspiracy and, uh, and was trying to get in. And obviously, Peter, now with no backing away, he didn't back away, he didn't flinch in the power of the Spirit of God with discernment. Maybe a word of knowledge came. You know, how have you let Satan so fill your hearts? You know, and boom, Ananias drops, you know, and Sapphira drops. And uh, Satan is defeated at the door. He's defeated at the door. So that's an incredible picture of Peter at one time running and hiding and scattered and, and filled with anxiety under battle. And then later, under great power of Christ, in, in the demonstration is he's getting stronger and stronger. Well, Acts 5, no question about it. You look at Acts 5 and tell me who has the victory. Acts chapter 5 in Christ, by God's grace, through being returning and being restored and becoming even stronger. Um, no question about it. Peter is uh, clearly been given the victory, the victor in the midst of it, and continues. So let me say this personally. Whoever has backslidden, whoever has been defeated, whoever has been left out, if you've given up your position, if you've quit evangelizing, if you quit doing the prayer stuff, um, if you set it all aside for whatever the reasons, the world, the flesh, and the devil, um, the fact is Christ has greater things, greater victories, greater you know enablement for your life. You can, when you stand up, be honest with God concerning any of your personal failures, and, and also acknowledge, Lord, I, I lost some battles with the enemy. I want to learn more. I don't want to be defeated like this again. I don't want to succumb to this again. Then you stand up and uh, you you unleash again. I'm going to go over probably on that page, A, B, C, all the way down. I'm going to add even to that probably. It goes all the way to H, I. I want to J, K. I'm going to add some things on here when it comes down to warfare in these ways. Okay? Under A, demonic. And please understand, most of the time it's not Satan direct. He's only in one place at one time around the world. But you've got to understand the idea of their collective, they're connected. Uh, Ephesians 6, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against, then it names a plurality of demonic entities in the in, and names them, the Greek, cosmocrator, exousia, archon, the poneus, it names the kinds of demons there are, the kinds of fallen ones there are that fight against us. And even though it names that, we still got to realize Jesus, I give you authority to trample on them, to overcome all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. You live in that authority. You live in obedience. You're going to find out um, in him, then you're not harmed like that. I believe they come at times to kill us, to destroy us, to, to rip us to shreds. But I also know that what we have and what we're covered in, his grace, authority, and blood, um, we're um, unbelievably uh, protected. And and um, 
a lot of our battles, failures in battles, are due to, one, inexperience, two, um, personal, you know, where we did give in, okay? So uh, there's no question. The enemy likes to defeat you so you, you don't, and, and rob you of the joy. Remember, do you remember the uh, Galatians? You know, who's taking all that joy? You used to have joy. The Judaizers came down. And instead of trusting Christ, they wanted to have additions to Christ alone by faith in him. So false doctrine given, false doctrine is always from the enemy. I'm not talking about opinions. I'm talking about real false doctrine. That if you start relying on it or looking to it, you're going to lose the sense of his personal presence, the joy and the power and the victory. The joy and the power and the presence of Jesus is found in his truth. And that's why you've got to stick to truth, that that righteousness, that uh, readiness, that uh, helmet of salvation, and all the rest. Here are some of the ways. Number one, are under A on that page, just the word demonic. Demonic forces. Demonic forces. They come in various ways. They come in various ways and uh, at various times. And, and so there's been times I sat back and um, and 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 really kind of uh, through the scriptures, closed my eyes and think about how they work. They must talk to each other. They must plot and they must plan and they must look at believers to see where the hole is, what they can do, and how they can come. I think that's true. They look for people that are in the flesh or lost, or they look for people they can use to get at you. They look for events to use to get at you. They look for ways to directly send arrows. So the battle is against the demonic forces collectively. And I just marked down First Peter 5, 8. I mean, ultimately, when it says the devil is prowling around, but that's also the idea of the whole, or Ephesians 6, all of them, the enemy is at work. And um, that's, that's what the enemy is doing. Now, under B, there is possession. The Greek word diaminozoid is used in the, in the New Testament. And the, the word diaminozoid means demonized. And if you look at, uh, and so we say possession, like Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. That's the biggest, clearest picture of possession. Or, mark down, Acts, Acts, chapter 16. Acts, chapter 16. Just to mention to some, I know that it's been through the blog talk issues here. If blog talk doesn't get this thing fixed or down better and, you know, that kind of, you know, technical interruptions or whatever, um, you know, we will look for something that'll be, you know, whatever's going to work good. Um, but we'll also rebuke the enemy to say, you know, hey, whatever the enemy's doing, um, <laughs> I'm looking under my, my, my uh, stuff. Somebody has sent me 22 separate emails. I wanted to see if they had any questions coming through. Unbelievable. Well, under the warfare that comes in, you have the demonic grouping as a whole, like in Ephesians 6, they. And that's who our battle's against. And that's who's coming after us. And that's who's sending the arrows. And that's who's causing issues. Now, under B, possession is when demonic entities have total possession of a lost person. Body, soul, and spirit. 
like Mark 5, like Acts 16. People always ask me, can a Christian be possessed the same way non-Christian? No. Can a Christian be oppressed and attachment, the idea of attachment, or or really have heavy stuff? Yes. Um, but not owned in the sense of body, soul, and spirit. The Spirit of God lives in your spirit. Christ owns you. But there may be things to be taken care of. That's fine. We'll deal with that. You know, there's no question. So possession is one issue that primarily body, soul, and spirit in the unbeliever. And uh, they have you know, not just one, but many demonic you know, beings in them, Mark chapter 5. Or in Acts 16, it could be a spirit. Now, all we see in Acts 16, when Paul turns around and commands the demon, he spoke to the spirit, and he commanded the demon to get out, um, get out of her. It left her right then and there. And she no longer had the ability to predict the future, to do those those abilities. And that, that caused trouble, right? Um, you lead real underground Satanists to Christ and cast demons out. You lead satanic richly abused and get demons out and help. You, there's times you get you know you get folks that are mad at you that are part of their group that have been using them. Under C, the word attack. Now that's used. Uh, I mean, in, that's really f- the focus of Ephesians six to put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes. When that specific organized attack, like in Job's life, layered attack, he hit once, he hit again, he hit other things, he went further, 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 further. Okay. Sometimes when attack comes, it's one thing, the next thing, the next thing. It's uh, orchestrated things that are happening. When everything that's happening seems to be at the worst time, the worst way, uncanny, and all of it's trying to you know stop you and defeat you, but it's not just one thing. I think that the the day of evil, the idea of the Job situation, is when the enemy comes in and um, there is a, um, a consistent number of things. I mean, it could be all of a sudden you're feeling oppression. You're waking up in the middle of the night. Thoughts are coming in that fear, you know, trying to bring you fear. Uh, something breaks down. A relationship goes, you know, something goes crazy in the house. You don't even know why. Um, your boss calls and something calls, come, you know, you know, again, just event and thing and person and the feeling, the day of evil. Okay. The reason for the armor of God is so that you can have the manifest power, strength, and might when you have it on. I mean, you could be assured that all Christians should know that they're going to get attacked. And all Christians under D, point D on this page, are going to have oppression. That's just a fact. All Christians will have attack at times, and all Christians will have oppression. What is oppression? Well, that's that's really the best example is um, Peter and the disciples. When Jesus said, hey, Satan is asked to sift you, to bring a beating to you. Um, which brought them confusion, agitation, scattering, fear, running and hiding. That's oppression. People explain it this way. I feel darkness over me. I feel a cloud over me. I feel like my prayers don't get past the ceiling. Um, 
when oppression is there, the enemy is bringing, and again, Ephesians 6, the arrows of the enemy is being sent against you. They are the involuntary, you didn't, you didn't originate them, the enemy does. The involuntary thoughts and feelings that run contrary to the word of God to the will of God, to the character of Christ. So all of a sudden you got to, like, where these thoughts of fear, thoughts of doubt, thoughts of barrage of it, where did it come from? The arrows, think about it. If all of a sudden you got shot with an arrow in, in, in your hind end, okay, it couldn't be there unless somebody pulled back the string, aimed at you, and let it fly, Right? Arrows, these poisonous darts of the enemy that involve bringing doubts and lies and anything that is contrary to the word of God, the will of God, the character of God, sends them to you, to lodge them into you. That's why we ask again, Lord, show us if we have any of those lying, those poisonous darts and arrows from the enemy. Anything the enemy has sent, that um, was a lie that went contrary to the will of God, the character of God, and the word of God, to the ministry he's given you, that kind of stopped you, that kind of threw you into doubt, that kind of weakened you. I mean, in ministry, I've found along the way, there's times when the enemy will throw fears and, and just make you doubt that any success will come from what you try to do. Uh, the enemy will throw things like, um, you can't witness, you don't know, what if they reject you? What if, it, what, you know, all the things to create fear and doubt, it doesn't come from God, does it? You with me tonight? When, when arrows from the enemy are sent, it, it's always a twisting, um, a cause for, to try to get you to doubt, try to get you to even do things that um, you don't want to do. You know, you don't want to do. I mean, you know, uh, that's part of what it is. And so if you can identify the arrows, if you can sit down tonight and on that workbook right now where it says notes on the right side, Lord Jesus, right now, show me if there's any arrows coming at me. Lord, give me awareness if there's any attack going on around me. When attack comes, you got to stand up and fight back and hold your ground and be, you know, resist the devil and he'll flee from you until he goes away. So when it comes to attack, you got to unleash back and stand until it all goes away. And it will go away. He'll, he will flee. The Spirit of God tells you that. You submit to God. You resist the devil. He will flee. That will happen. And uh, that's important. When it comes to oppression, same thing. You have to renounce the lies and you st step up and believe the word of God, stand your ground. Now, somebody's already put in the, the chat room, and I appreciate that, is sleep paralysis. Now, that's the psychological term. I, I say this, are those demonic visitations part of these arrows? Yes, but they may be even more. They may include rituals of demons summoned and sent, a spell, or people doing astral projection, demon, demonically empowered, coming to you. So the so-called sleep paralysis, which is really a visitation of demonic presence, or possibly even, and it doesn't matter if you have to really know, the, the, what matters is what you, know, you, know, what you need to know, what, what do you need to do. Because see, a lot of people that go through this, 
they say, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You might not be doing anything. It might be the neighbors. It might be the people under the apartment below you. It might be somebody at work that has done a spell against you because they don't like you. Because they don't like you being a believer because they got demons inside of them. Because they were led by the demonic realm to open a door. You didn't open it. They did. But if you're aware to rebuke and rebuke anybody else in the name of Jesus, I command any demon coming against me to be you know, rendered powerless and, and destroyed by the Lord's work. First uh, John 3, 8. And Lord, go visit the person doing If someone is sending demons against me or spells or hexes or curses, if somebody is trying to demonically empowered astro project and come and visit, um, Lord, engage them, deal with them, visit them. He will. He will. He's fighting for you. You know, in my heart, I have the sense of fighting for you, for other believers, to fight on behalf of our brethren and sisterin. Okay? But there's nobody that fights for you better than Jesus. Nobody that's there to pick you up. If you have a visitation in the night where all of a sudden you feel paralyzed, all of a sudden you feel something pushing you... All of, all of your strength, rebuke that. Call on Jesus. Stand your ground. I mean, do it. Get up and, and do it until the whole room, all the darkness clears and nothing's left but the power, the presence, the joy of Jesus. You do it till the whole thing's cleared. Let the enemy know that if they're going to attempt, they're going to be hit hard. As I've said, if the enemy hits you, in the name of Jesus, and all that he's given you, hit back harder. Okay? Clear the air. You'll, that way, many times, the, the battle of attack and or even the battle of oppression doesn't last as long. When you respond. If you do nothing, if you let them come in and hit you and beat you and kick you and press on you and whisper sweet lies, well, not sweet lies, but you know, deadly lies from the enemy, if you let them do it and do it and do it and do it and do it, and you don't do it, you just lay there passive. It only gets worse. Aren't you sick and tired of being beat up? Aren't you sick and tired of being sick and tired? <laughs> Jesus is the King of Heaven, a Savior that has blasted apart the finality of death at the cross and blasted apart the enemy. Colossians two fifteen, triumphed over them by the cross making a public spectacle of them. So, when we talk about warfare, and the question in the chat room classroom is this, what about the children in the house? True. If you have children that are into anything demonic, games, drugs, you know, demon, you know, drugs that open them up, things that they're into, if they've got any attachments, anything on them, if they're doing it. You know, we had one family, one, they didn't, the, the daughter was doing actual rituals in her closet. Is that going to bring demons in the house? Yes. You know, I don't know if you, I, I used to live in the inner city area. If um, at nighttime, if I opened the back door, the side door and the front door and went to bed, I, I would never do that. But if I did, here's a lot, here's some things that can happen. Rats would come in, stray dogs, maybe a bum or two. If you leave your doors open, so what I'm saying is you may have done, you, you may have done nothing. Maybe you're married and a spouse is unsaved and they're into things and because of them things come in. You know what? That means you just got to you know pray against that and ask God to convict them and, 
and know that God will. You know, stand your ground, be a believer, respond, ask God to make you stronger in all of it. If your children are bringing stuff in, listen, you, you on a daily basis, Lord, stretch out your hands to convict them, to engage them. Lord, teach them a lesson, show them. Lord, I rebuke any demons my child would try to bring in here. I command anything to come. See, you have authority over your, you, over that. Take authority over those areas, and you have the right to do that. And uh, just keep clearing the air. And if you, and sometimes in warfare, um, you're saying, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and nothing's happening yet. Well, that's right. Nothing's happening yet. Keep seeking the Lord. Psalm 34, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. So he's able to show you. Sometimes I say, where's it coming from? Where's it coming from? So let me go to the next one, and I'll answer some more questions here in a moment. Under E, under E on that page, under warfare comes in these ways, E, attachment. Now, you don't have to call it this. We just simply call it this because of Ephesians chapter 4. Be angry, but don't sin, and don't let the sun go down on your anger. And give the devil a foothold. So God is telling us, don't give the devil a foothold. Here's the premise of those verses in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 on down. The premise is this. If you get into the flesh and stay there long enough, the old sin nature stuff, if you go back and you stay long enough consistently in, in lust, consistently in anger, consistently in any of those things, guess what? The enemy then wants to come and grab a hold of that area. That's the big issue with believers. Grabbing hold of an area that you, with your responsibility or neglect, you gave. That's the issue, okay? That's what's important. So, we, you know, so God is simply saying right there, don't give the devil. The Greek word is topon, a legal right. Um, it's a doorway, but also the legal right. You did that. So we can ask the Lord tonight, Lord, have I given the devil any legal rights? If you remember Jesus said earlier in the Gospel of John, you know, the prince of this world now stands judged. You know, and he says he has nothing in me, no doorways, nothing, no rights, no nothing legal, nothing. That's how that's how victorious your Savior, who lives in you, who's with you, who out of the heavens is your intercessor still. Victory bursts forth from Christ. Enormous, not just barely, I mean enormous, overwhelming, flooding victory flows from Christ. But if you've opened the door, that's your fault. That's your fault. In order to get the demonic stronghold from holding on to anything, you've got to not just rebuke the demon and say, get away you got to repent and renounce what you've been doing. If you've gotten back into the Ouija board, if you got went off to a psychic, I know some Christian that went off to a psychic and got a reading. I'm like, are you nuts? Why would you want to go to a psychic and get a lying, deceiving reading, grieve the Holy Spirit, and not take the pleasure in getting insight and wisdom from God who knows everything? I'd far rather have the Holy Spirit tell me something than, than anybody coming up to try to tell me something from the enemy. It's all going to be a lie. I don't want it. I want to rebuke that. So attachment. 
that's when the enemy grabs a hold of an area of sin that you have not repented of, you're giving into, you're opening up to. Okay, next, how about people and places? And it's already been brought up in the in the chat room. What if you have children or a spouse or someone living with you that's into stuff? We, you know, whatever they're into, but they've got demons, and they walk right in. That's like local churches. Some people think that a demon can't come through the front doors. If you have a demonized person or a demon on attaching a person or someone that has demonic presence on them, being on them, and they walk in, he's there. Depending on the church, they might, <laughs> that demon might be the you know sorry that he ever did that. But um, and I, I we've always like if someone's demonized, I'd rather them walk into the church, so that we can deal with it and and and, and handle that. So it could be people, people at work, people in the apartment complex, people in the neighborhood grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles that are masons and into demonic stuff or whatever else. Okay. The good news is you are in Christ. Greater is he who's in you. You've got the vast advantage. So with authority, whenever you have gatherings, whatever else, rebuke everything of the enemy, pray ahead of time, preempt it all. And then as you're there, unleash God's blessing, unleash God's you know message. You stand strong. And uh, in the mighty, expressed, manifesting strength of the Lord. That's Ephesians 6.10. The places you go. What if you go into somebody's house where they did a ritual, small or large? What if they got crystals, they went to some new age thing, and they got charged, which means demonic presence comes on, and the energy emanating from those crystals is nothing more than demonic presence emanating from it. The energy's got to be coming from somewhere. So um, that's part of the issue. Places. Now, when we go investigating a lot of places over the years, or going to victims, a lot of ritual places, man, I'm just saying, I can, you, can, you can feel the darkness. You can, the enemy's there. In places that we've been, man, I've just outward rebuked, get back in the name of the Lord. And then I'll pray, Lord, be here. Bring, you know, if, you know, bring your warfare here, bring the, you know, destruction, put out the praise and so forth. And that's, um, and so in this place, people in pray, uh, places, and again, I appreciate that, Amy, in the um, chat room that brought up the issue of generational or ancestral. Right. And that's what I'm referring to. Say your grandmother was a witch, your grandfather was a 33, you know, Mason or somebody else was a Satan. Somebody, you know, you know what you can do bloodline wise? Because whether you like it or not, that's how demons play. Um, they unleash, um, they unleash um, their presence in the person like the grandmother, grandfather, whatever else. But they also then... Um, and that's how they look at it. They think that if they've got in that far, they have rights to the family line. And the truth is, and, and, and sadists can confess this, and old Wiccans, old ones, can others can confess this, especially New Agers who have demon energies and so forth, demon, you know, the energies that come from demons. They want to unleash the blessings or unleash the powers or unleash the abilities on the next generation. All they're doing is helping to open doors. So, right. What do I do? There's nothing wrong with any of us right now as you're listening to say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to stand up. If my grandparents, if my parents, if anybody, and especially if you know they have, 
open doorways. I want to renounce that in our family lines, generational lines, ancestral lines, all the way back as you lead me. I want to renounce that, and I want to command that all of the rights they want to claim, I renounce their rights, and I command everything to be broken in the name of Jesus. Okay? That's that's what you can do to help clear the air, and I think it's good for all of us to clear the air in our own lives. Um, when I got saved, I came out of uh, occultism, I came out of uh, Buddhism, I came out of astral projection, I came out of every kind of dabbling, I came out of the world of drugs that open you up to the demonic realm. And when I got saved, it was massive repentance, wide open to Christ, being completely filled with the Spirit of God and uh, launching out. But I had some battle back and forth. And what I learned to do was, even if I didn't feel anything when I began to learn things, it was like, Lord, I renounce ever getting into drugs. Anything I've ever done to open doors, I renounce. Lord, I renounce any of the stuff that I got into in Buddhism that uh, seemed on the outward to be peaceful, but sure enough, they had spirits involved and and curses and, and hexes and, and astrobage. I, I, just, I just simply went through to renounce everything that I could think of and I say, Lord, remind me. If you ask the Lord right now, Lord, is there anything that I need to be reminded of from my family line, from anything I've done, anything my parents have done? I've had parents that were Wiccan or in occultism that dedicated their child to that system. Well, renounce that. You know, in the name of Jesus, I've been set free and I renounce any oaths, uh, dedications, commitments, hand-me-downs. You know, cover the whole field. Just cover it, and uh, and 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 the the Holy Spirit truly will give you peace if you've covered everything. He'll remind you of what you do need to know too. And that's important. Under G, things or objects, things, and um, um, somebody asks in here question do you believe in using and i appreciate that if you're gonna put by the way you can put up questions now but uh put up q so i'll know it's a question do you believe in using incense for your prayer time or your prayer space or whatever else you feel like it relaxes you whatever else um i don't have any problem with basic incenses and stuff like that um i don't purposely buy any of it that that's being sold at flea markets and stuff that's new agent oriented or or wiccan shop oriented but there's nothing wrong with a smelling i mean i got candles here that have different smells I like almond candle. I don't know why. I just like the smell of an almond candle. Um, you know, like I, you could smell fruit or you could smell. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, as long as you know that it's not in any way an incense made from the dark side because they may, well, they may have additives and you don't want stuff. Uh, the, the question goes on, though. What about sage for clearing? No. That is a New Age and or Wiccan practice. Um, God does not use, no, there's no authority of Jesus in sage. So please understand that does not, you look at the entire New Testament, salt, sage, uh, frank, I mean, I've got anointing oil, supposed to smell like frankincense and so myrrh and so forth. It smells good. I don't know if that's the original, it smells good. Um, but please understand, no, sage cleaning, that's all new age stuff to where they're using that in in, in kind of a uh, sacred cleansing and has nothing. No, you have authority in Jesus. That's what 
strikes and clears the air and then your praise where God inhabits praise. Jesus doesn't use, authorize, or um, come through um, sage. Uh, you know, those kind of things. So that's important. Um, you can take a look at some of the things. All I'm saying, whether you look at oils or incenses or smelling candles or, um, I mean, we, we used to go out in one place where we lived and flowers brought in, just brought a beautiful smell. Nothing wrong with any of that. You know, the prayers go up as an incense, you know, to God. Uh, we read about even in, in the book of Revelation. But just make sure that it's um, candles or any of that stuff that is not um, uh, given from New Agers and, and those that kind of stuff. Okay, that's important th that we do that. Let me continue. Um, things, objects. If you have somebody that has demonized an object, can a demon be put on an object? Sure. All the Satanists know that. All the Wiccans know that. I mean, even New Agers. When they say they've charged an object, or they've charged a certain stone, or they have an amulet or something they're wearing around, and they charged it. What does that mean? Ultimately, it means that they have connected it to a demonic... See, the energy, that energy is emanating from an entity. And so to embrace the energy is to embrace the, the entity. I mean, I feel the presence of God. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I feel the, you know, the power of God, the dunamis of God as a believer. When I was in the Buddhist temple, when I was in that side, I felt powers. I felt things that charged me or gave me an experience or made me feel energies. I've been in ritual, whereas rituals that I felt the energy, that presence of the enemy. But as a believer, I rebuke that. And I don't want anything but the mighty presence, power, joy, life, fire uh, of the Holy Spirit, of God's presence. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. Uh, that's the concept we have as believers. And, and though when I was lost, I probably didn't understand that. When people are lost, they don't understand that. But New Agers and Wiccans and Druids and Pagans and Santeria and all the rest, they know that all of it's real, but they're not, they don't totally know. Some of them fear that it's all demonic. So um, you can just make sure that you are uh, keeping yourself clear and pray over objects. I mean, if there's, Lord, is there any jewelry that has been in any sense demonized? Used is there anything you know? I, I have no problem with that. Any any music, any music, um, you know, with rock bands now. By the way, Black Sabbath is coming out with a brand new album this next month. Ozzy and Lomi and uh, Loni and and uh, Tony and Lomai and all the rest of those guys are together. It's going to be weird. It's titled "God Is Dead?" Question mark. As if now they're going to question. Of whether they've been wrong all these years. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to do a lyric analysis of their new stuff because I've been praying for Ozzy's salvation for 38 years, actually. Um, let's go to point H, doorways. And that's just that Greek word topon, a legal right. And here's how it happens. If you walk into an occult shop, I mean, if you walk into witness and share and you're going to be prayed up and you're going into the release, that's one thing. But if you walk in and just allow things um, and don't do anything, again, be passive, then you might get hit up. 
again, you may have done nothing wrong, but the Satanist across the street or the Wiccan behind your back or the person at where you work, they may have done a, even a small ritual. If they open the door to send something against you, you may experience some battle, but pray again, pray through it to say, Lord, I, you know, immediately you can clear the air again. You can crush their work in command and, and, and command that it's broken and, and brought down in the name of Jesus. Um, and then what I do is pray for the person that, that the God will go and convict them and or disrupt them and or if they're really strong in demonic realm, uh, let that God will invade them in such a way that they'll know their demons are going to turn on the, you know, I pray that God engages them. And this is what I think the psalm writer did at times. This is what I think God did to the king of Babylon in chapter 1 when God sent the demon-worshipping king a dream that disturbed him. When he looked for help, he couldn't get any um, help from his you know, clan of uh, Wiccans, you know, all, the, all the sorcerers and all the rest. God brought it through Daniel. Now, questions in the um, classroom chat room. Here it goes. Is it possible to clear an item that is charged? I think it is. Um, but I also say this. I don't, I don't, I mean, like that's like a house. Can you go in and pray against you? Oh, well, yeah, then you got to live in the house. So, yes, I believe it's possible, but I can say over the years, I have not kept any of the satanic articles, the things, even if we prayed. Or, I remember one girl that was in what she considered black Wiccan, um, and uh, we wanted to reach out and pray in the name of Jesus over her amulet, and she just screamed and held it and ran from us because she didn't want to lose its power. Another, an officer had one. I reached out and rebuked anything on it, actually touched it and rebuked anything, and this is the true story. Right in front of her eyes, the the gem changed colors, and she said the demon went off of it. So, yeah, I think you can. But I personally recommend, as in the days of Josiah, get rid of any real occult objects, uh, destroy them. Question, can you send curses back to those who are sending them? Well, I would say that um, bless those who curse you. Um, I will send, a, I will say in the name of the Lord Jesus, you know, I'm asking, you know, buy, you know break everything they've sent anyway. So as Christians, we don't send curses back, but we do do this. Because in Proverbs, there is a scripture that says, the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked. Here's what I do. I pray against the demonic realm, realm very strong in anything they've sent, anything they're using. Secondly, I will pray, target them in prayer. God, invade them. God, engage them. Lord, whether it's with a dream, whatever it takes, show them their demons, how radically evil, engage them. I've done that with remote viewers and astral projectors and Satanists summoning demons and so forth. Um, and that's um, that's what, you know, we have authority to order them. Um, and that's that's what we need to do. Another question is in here in the queue right now um, or in the chat room. My 10-year-old daughter has uh, started having an imaginary friend I know um, or granddaughter. I know some kids do, but I'm afraid. Well, yeah, I would too. I would address, even without her, even as you walk into rooms, address the demon, anything that you think is a spirit. 
In the name of Jesus, I take authority over you. I command and ask the Lord to go in there. Ask the Lord to do this. Ask the Lord to, to, to beautifully speak to your granddaughter, beautifully show her. Get, make sure you get her books you know, that, that show her about Jesus and how God works and how angels come in and, and uh, that get her heart and mind going that way too. Ask God to reveal things. Very important. But take authority. Uh, question, what about idols, Russ? When is, when is it right to destroy them, such as in a public place? Um, we've done uh, public burnings. We had a thing called Burn the Devil. 400 people showed up. Big, massive bonfire on All Hallows' Eve. Massive praise band. Four people got saved. People. We had a guy come in, a friend of mine who's preaching. Wiccans and others that had turned to Christ brought on their own, and other people on their own brought things to publicly renounce them and throw them in the fire. That just that, that happened. Um, so I think that's important. I think any kind of objects, pray over against them and ask the Lord to deliver and then burn them. Here's what I did when I got saved and nobody told me. I just felt I had to. Nobody was even around. I took all of my eight tracks back in that day. I took Ouija boards, spell books, Buddhist books, all the stuff, everything I could collect in my room that was part of the old world, occult world, and what I was into. In bags, I took it all out to the, we had, and I lived in the country, we took it out, I took it out to the big thing, threw it all in, got gas, dumped gas, lit that baby on fire. That's why I think I had less harassment coming out of and coming into Christ that I did those things. To really cut the bridges, you know, to, to burn the bridges per se. So, I think um, I think uh, truly burning burning the stuff is good. In Josiah's day, he ground them down. He he crushed them. He threw, made put them in latrines because he didn't want anybody else to go back and get them. So, um, good word there. Retired. Uh, burn, uh, rebuke, denounce, and then go off and be filled with joy, and help others do the same is right. Let me mention on the um, notes under doorways, under the next thing, assignments, under I. And that's where, sin, again, I'm going to say that assignments, that's where um, you can get Satanists and others that will purposely summon demons to send against you and assign, assign things with a particular reason. And again, by the Holy Spirit, he who knows everything, the Lord to give you a heads up of anything going on, you respond back, rebuking it, commanding it to be broken down, destroyed, that'll have no effect. Ask the Lord to deliver you. And then pray fiercely concerning that person that God will disrupt them, God will bring them down and stop them. Whatever it takes, Lord, stop them. And that's true. I mean, there's times that God, like like um, when we've prayed through these years, there's been times like, like with Pharaoh, God stopped some really bad people who were devastating little girls and raping and demonizing and whatever else. God, whatever it takes, stop them. He did. Uh, and I believe God can take people out. Uh, the king in the book of Acts, one angel came with, an, with a sword and, and, and struck the, the king. And uh, he filled up with worms. Even Josephus, the writer, Jewish writer, says that uh, that king filled up with worms and died five days later. So it's important to realize that. So I want people to be like Saul of Tarshish. You want, you want people to be saved. God, bring them down like Saul of Tarshish, I pray. God, engage them in such a way and save them. 
But if they're not going to, if they're going to hurt some little girl, they're going to cut up a little child, they're going to do something else, whatever it takes, you pray fierce. And remember that the wicked Queen of Scotland feared the prayers of John Knox more than an invading army. So pray fiercely against evil. Question uh, comes in Have you ever confronted Ed Dames? No, I haven't. Uh, I had one of the other book authors, and I my confidentiality with him is committed. Uh, one of the other major book authors I have talked with and engaged and, and pray, and I pray for all of them by name: Buchanan, McMoneagle, Monroe. One of them's dead now. Uh, Smith, Ed Dames, Morehouse. All of them I still pray for that God will engage them, God will invade them, God will show them the, the realm they're in. So, if I ever had a chance to engage Ed Dames, I would love to. I'd love to see his salvation. Um, remote viewing relies on the Akashic Records, the Hall of Records, the entities that come from there uh, in their passivity. Their passivity is no different than what I found in that dark side of Buddhism. They open the doors just like um, they're opening the doors to the same realm, realm that Edgar Cayce did. Uh, have I ever engaged uh, Gerald O'Donnell? No, I, not yet. Not, not that I know of anyway, but I do cover myself because I've engaged a few military remote viewers. We did deliverance on one, a Psy warrior from Fort Bragg, and uh, they said an energy was in them that helped lift them out to go to the ether. That and we commanded, and I told the story already. But the demon that we finally, I commanded to name what it was. They said its name was Argon, and I prayed in the name of Jesus that it be contained. And the person didn't want to give it up at first because they wanted the power to get out of their body. But when I commanded in the name of Jesus, show yourself to this person for what you really look like. This person was horrified and said, "Get it out of me." And I commanded, get out in the name of Jesus and don't come back. This person was delivered, and they couldn't do it any longer. But if they get um, handed down by the others who are experienced, and if they get into the passivity of remote viewing, like old sci- you know, psychic stuff, like old astral projection, yeah, they're going to open up. And, and Ed Dames admits in his last book that I read of his, uh, Tell Me What You See, in the beginning and the end, he admits that the ability they get comes from the Hall of Records, the Akashic Records, that place out there. That's the second heaven. That's that realm that Ephesians 6 speaks about. The prince of the power there. That's the eros areas coming from them. Uh, very important that uh, you know, even remote viewers and astral projectors coming out, renounce those doors, renounce everything. Because the demons think, hey, this, you know, we had open doors. At the very least, they want to come back and say, hey, we want to we keep doing this. You put your foot down. No, I renounce you. I got Christ is in my life. And if all you know to do is pray Jesus deliver me, he will. Um, he will. Wow, this is moving fast in here, so I'm trying to give uh, everything I can and answer these uh, quickly. We've got uh, six minutes, 30 seconds. I want to give uh, the last couple of things. Assignments, again, target the assignments when you're aware of them. Pray, you know, command that all the demonic stuff sent and assignments and curses and spells and all that came with it. And then pray that God engage the person. Save the person like Saul. You know, engage him in such a way um, if they become, if they're so evil and so radically evil, we'll talk about this later on in more advanced areas. But you know, to hand them over to say, Lord, you know, whatever, whatever it takes to stop them from the harm, if they're extremely unrepentant, God will, God does. We can intervene that way. 
Um, I wanted to give you another one. H-I-J. Put down the word piggyback. Piggyback. What I mean by that is when somebody else, like you were mentioning earlier, one of you were mentioning about kids, or when demonic presence is on somebody else and observes you as a believer, the demonic presence may push them, the demonized, um, or try to speak through them and um, and try to dissuade you. You know, you might have somebody that really speaks harshly against, criticize, make fun, and the enemy can come through that. So if you feel, other than just somebody's, you know, bad, you know, slander or malice or whatever, but the enemy is the slanderer, and he can come through other people's slander to try to harm you, to weaken you, to bring you down. Um, again, what I do is, like Peter was being piggybacked by the enemy. Peter was didn't really understand that Satan was trying to divert Jesus. Jesus turned around and said, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. He attacked the demonic presence trying to piggyback Peter and trying to get at him. So the demon might not be going after Peter, might not be going after your grandchild, may not be going after your spouse, may not be going after somebody else. But because the demon sees you as the enemy, and since it already has rights in or on somebody else, that demon may try to have them launch a verbal attack or whatever. Well, rebuke it. I've done that silently in a room when I felt something, just to say, Lord, I feel something off this person over here. In the name of Jesus, whatever is there, I command you to stop it. And I ask the Lord to come against you. And uh, if the Lord gives me, you know, if the Holy Spirit gives me more insight, I'll, 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 tar- I'll target that all the more. Okay. Question comes in our classroom here tonight. Um, sleep apnea. Um, you hear voices, you get pinched. Well, you know, if you get into that level of it, if you hear voices, you get pinched. You either got drug stuff, you either got some, you know, if you don't have a tumor in the middle of your head that might be causing something strange. The truth is, subpersonality issues in the area of multiplicity or demons. If it's demonic and you have authority and you speak and before you go to bed at night and you pray over yourself or have others pray over you, um, no, if they're outside voices... If it, you know, Lord, is this in the name of Jesus, you come against that until you clear the air and clear it all out, especially if anything's touching you, pinching you, whatever. That's like sleep paralysis, visitation levels come strongly against it. And make sure, again, pray, Lord, do I have any doors open? Is anybody else doing this? Is there anybody sending this? You keep going until you have all the victory he wills to give you. Going on again a little bit more. Um... I'm trying to look through how fast this is going. I might have missed one or two um, through here. And again, when it comes to MPD, the idea of multiple personality issue, that's again where trauma-based, you know, that's healing is needed in that area. But in the SRA, you need deliverance, you need breaking of programming, and that's a bigger, broader issue. A 27-hour training, basic training, is on our website free called Freedom Encounters. If you go to the left side, scroll down where it says free courses, click on that. There's a course called Freedom Encounters that goes into that in a broader way than I can. With, um, let me see here tonight, they've given me one minute, 56 seconds left. So with that one minute, 56 seconds left, here's what we've got to do. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Holy Spirit wisdom. Grant, God, for everyone that has been in the class tonight, in the chat room, outside the chat room, the hundreds that will listen later on, Lord, stretch out your hands. Give deliverance. Give um, victory. You've willed victory. You've won it big times. You've won it massively for us. And so, Lord Jesus, show your strong hand to restore Father, to the to the depths, uh, Lord, if there's anyone that's extremely hopeless, we ask you to destroy the lies of the enemy. Lead them to choose trusting you. I just look at Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, may any demonic assignments, demonic attacks, piggybacking be made uh, lord expose it deliver individuals tonight and you pray out loud with me real quick here in the name of jesus christ i renounce anything demonic from my generations and families places i've been things that i've done i renounce them lord i repent of things that i've opened up to in the past lord and i renounce anything demonic and anything of the enemy and i acknowledge you lord forgive me lord wash me i accept you to do that i trust you to do that and I trust you to deliver me completely. You pursue the Lord. You keep looking at Psalm 34. And he's going to unleash um, all of the victory that is intended for you. We're down to nine seconds. This is Russ Dizdar, ShatterTheDarkness.net. See you next week on Monday night. Check the archives out if you need to listen again. Blessings to you. We love you.